have a concept to share with you today that has changed everything for me. When I first heard this, it blew my mind. It made so much sense. I'm really excited to share it with you. I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to the Dear Creative Soul podcast. My name is Valerie McKeon. I'm excited to be your host. I'm in such a good mood today. I'm I'm having a really good day. The sun is shining even though it's cold. And I started making a weekly routine of going to Trader Joe's and picking up just a few different bundles of flowers that I could come home and put together into an arrangement for my kitchen table. I got to do that this afternoon and I feel really just accomplished today getting some things ready for baby who is due here at at any moment. So I'm in a really good mood. I'm excited to talk to you today about what I want to talk to you about, which is self-care for creatives. The vulnerability, the burnout, the overthinking that comes with being a creative is real. It requires such a depth of emotion to pour out into our creative endeavors. And we can really feel that vulnerability. And then you add on top of it the social media putting things out there. And it just, it can become a lot. The overthinking I know for me is something in particular that I struggle with constantly. It's a lot. So today I have seven ideas, seven tips that I myself use to fill my own cup and bring that idea of self-care to my creative soul. I'm excited to share that with you. But before I do, this this life-changing concept that I heard, I heard this years ago, and it was from the book, The Power of Full Engagement. I'll probably mention this book a few times in on this podcast because it really just, the concept was just life-changing. This idea that it's not time that's our real problem, it's energy. And we talked about in a previous episode about time, and we say, I don't have time, and I don't have time to do this. But really, there could be this level of fear and perfectionism hiding underneath that statement. Similarly to that, I think often when we say we don't have time, it really means we don't have the energy. We don't have the energy to go there and to deal with that. And that's why we can sit and scroll on our phones and do some of these things that we perceive to not require so much of our energy or we we view it as as not so draining but to maybe be vulnerable and put your art out there or some of this overthinking and and all of that it can really really drain our energy and therefore we feel like we don't have a lot of time But it's really just our energy that has been zapped fully dry. And when I learned about this, it made so much sense to me. And in the book, they talk a lot about being engaged in your life and doing these things that you need to do. And they compare it to an athlete. 
how an athlete will perform and they will sort of reserve all of their energy and then they will go out there, give it all they have, and then go through this period of recovery where they can recoup back that energy. And that made so much sense to me. If we think about it in terms of being a creative, when we're creating and really firing on all cylinders, coming up with ideas, being in the flow, it's essentially performing. We're stepping into our studios or the places we create and we're putting it all out there just kind of like an athlete. So thinking about it in that way and managing our energy in that way has been extremely helpful to me in keeping those things like burnout and overthinking at bay. Another quote uh, to share with you is, if you want to work on your art, work on your life. Uh, That's by Anton Chekhov. I love that quote because it really speaks to, again, this concept of it's not even so much of what we do when we're in the studio or when we're actively creating. That is a byproduct of what we're doing in these other times of our lives and how we're how we're managing our energy and how we're pouring the fullness of ourselves into those creative endeavors. I just really love that as a as a concept because I I think about that sometimes if I'm going through a period of stress or burnout and it feels like my creativity or my art is suffering as a result of it. Sometimes the answer is maybe, well, I just got to do it. I got to hunker down and keep creating. But more often than not, I think the answer is, if you want to work on your art, work on your life. What's going on? What is going on mentally or physically that needs another look that I can adjust and just feel better? I firmly believe that when we feel these high emotions of joy and love and that is going to fuel our creativity and what we're trying to do so much more. We're going to get inspired in those places. We all know sort of the cliche maybe of the angsty, the angsty artist and I I'd be lying if I say I haven't been the angsty artist before. I think that there's obviously some beauty that can come out of that. And certainly the beauty that can come from periods of pain and those those lower emotions. I think Vincent van Gogh is a prime example of that. But in our day-to-day life, we are going to do so much better for ourselves and for everybody else around us when we can create from these higher places, these elevated emotions that we can then take and pour into, into what we're doing. So my hope is that these seven ideas will help you get there help you feel good, get to those elevated emotions, take care of yourself so that you can then create as you are meant to create. 
So the first one is an artist date. I'm taking this idea from Julia Cameron in her book, The Artist's Way. This is a very famous book, and I'm going to be honest, I have not read the, the whole book, and I need to, but I heard somebody else talking about this concept from the book, and I instantly loved it. So this is just a little excerpt. It says, artist dates fire up the imagination. They spark whimsy. They encourage play. Since art is about the play of ideas, they feed our creative work by replenishing our inner well of images and inspiration. When choosing an artist date, it is good to ask yourself, what sounds fun? And then allow yourself to try it. The idea of just taking yourself out on a little date, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't even have to be long but just time set aside to go somewhere that you find inspiring for the purpose of filling yourself up is truly game-changing. One of my favorite things to do is just walking walk around an antique store. I find all of the imagery, textures, and colors, and there's so much to look at, very inspiring to me. I love when I'm by myself and I can just wander and take all the time in the world to look at all of the different curiosities and fun things. But what could that be for you to take yourself out on a little date? Maybe it's going to a coffee shop across town. That's another one of my favorites. There is a coffee shop here in Pittsburgh. It's called Margot, and it's about a half an hour from my house, but I will go out of my way to take myself to that coffee shop because there is a vibe to it, and it feels so good, and they have these velvet pink chairs and these beautiful plants everywhere, and I can just sit there and look around and immerse myself in the sensory experience of it all. So think of a few ideas. Where can you take yourself on a little artist date just for that purpose of being aware, soaking it all in, allowing those new ideas and inspirations to form and just feeling really, really good. Number two, try something creative out of the norm. The idea of creativity expanding is something we talked about in the last episode. I truly believe when we can just find these opportunities for creativity in every area of our life, maybe not just what we're working on at the time or what we're trying to accomplish or the goals that we have set for ourselves, none of that. This is just something completely maybe out of your comfort zone, something that you thought that would be really fun to try. There's zero pressure and we can just have fun. I've dabbled in in so many things. At, at one point I I tried polymer clay jewelry as just something really fun to try. I absolutely love the crafter's box for this exact concept. And if you're not familiar with the crafter's box, they put together everything you need to create a certain art form or a craft. And when you purchase it, 
They have memberships that you can get one every month, which is amazing. Just a new creative thing to try every month. That just sounds idyllic. (laughs) But you can purchase any number of workshops and they come with everything you need to make that certain thing all perfectly organized, sort of like the Blue Apron or the HelloFresh of the crafting world as well as the instructions that you need to make that certain project. I've made so many things because of the Crafters Box boxes that has been so good for my soul. I One of them was beeswax candles, rolled beeswax. It was such a sensory experience, the smell of the beeswax, the texture. It was very, very simple to make. And you roll these pillar candles. I could have spent hours doing that. I absolutely loved it. They have all different kinds. I right now have a botanical plaster casting workshop that I haven't done yet. I'm excited I'm excited to dive into it. You can find all types of things. And I I guess I have to give just a tiny little plug because I did a soft pastel workshop with the Crafters Box. So if you're thinking maybe you want to try landscapes, get your hands dirty with some soft pastels, you can also check out my workshop as well. But what can you do to just Try something creative and new out of the norm. And it can, it doesn't even have to be as complicated as all that. Maybe it means setting a pretty table, arranging some flowers from Trader Joe's. I have a have to give a big plug for that because that has just changed my week. Number three is to stretch and notice your posture. This is another one that is simple but makes a really big difference. I, for one, can be hunched over for hours on end working on something, not even realize the tension that I'm carrying in my neck and my shoulders. And noticing that just to be able to stand up straight, do a little bit of stretching, check that posture, maybe rub the back of your neck a little bit. We can hunker down and sort of lose ourselves sometimes in the process, but just that even small act of noticing where maybe you're feeling tense and carrying yourself a little bit differently will make a big difference for you. Number four, make mundane tasks special and romanticized. This kind of goes along with the energy concept. If we have, let's say, grocery shopping to do, that's something that we can be in a certain frame of mind about. Maybe we feel rushed and we have to get a few things. We want to, you know, run in and run out and we feel just our energy zapping. If we change our mindset even a little bit to take some of these things that we have to do, but give them just a little bit of a romanticized twist to them, even just some imaginary play. It really, really helps. I remember being distinctly in that mode where I had my daughter at the time, she was in a stroller, and I'm thinking, oh, I I have to run to here, and I have to run this errand, and then I have to go to the grocery store. I just wanted to hurry, hurry, hurry until I could get 
back to my house and back to what I needed to do there. And then it occurred to me, this is my life. <laughs> this is the the things that I'm doing in my life, running these errands. I'm pushing my baby in a stroller, going to the grocery store. Why am I feeling this sense of maybe hurry, hurriedness? <laughs> is that a word? And and all of that. And I thought, no, let's let's make this enjoyable. Let's slow down, make these mundane tasks something that feel really, really good. I think the laundry is another one. Oh, I will let laundry just pile up when it's time to be folded. I don't have such a problem with getting it into the washer and then getting into the dryer. But once it comes out of the dryer, I will have this humongous mound on my bed and it feels really daunting. So I started trying to make that process more enjoyable for myself. And I might put on an essential oil in my diffuser. I'll put on a YouTube video on the TV or a podcast that I can listen to and just make that mundane task feel really good so that it's not draining my energy and the whole time I'm not grumbling to myself about it, but making it feel really good. Going to the grocery store too, as I mentioned, that's another one where I started, we lived in the city a couple years ago and I could walk there to the grocery store and I remember just putting on a dress and just feeling like envisioning that I was like walking to a market in the south of France or something. (laughs) And it sounds so silly when I'm saying that out loud and admitting that, but it really did change my whole perspective of that task and feeling just that sense of romanticization for going grocery shopping. Number five, keep a neat and tidy area. I struggle with this one, but boy, does it make a big, big difference. When I walk into my studio and it is neat and tidy and ready for me just to start creating, I feel so good. I I heard somebody say, or maybe it was a meme or something, that your environment is the product of your inner inner life, your inner mind. So if your space is cluttered and chaotic, more than likely that's what's going on in your head too. And I definitely feel that way, especially in the space where I create when I have papers lying around or the frustration of not having any desk space when I need it and I have to, you know, move piles of things. Where do those piles even come from? I don't even know, but they're, they seem to be there a lot. If we can get those piles under control, keep a neat and tidy area, oh, it just, it just feels so nice. <laughs> Number six, keep a journal. This is, again, maybe something that seems obvious, but when I start my day with a little bit of journaling, just brain dumping all of these things that are in my head out onto paper, the relief and the release of that is just wonderful. 
And again, it doesn't have to be a high pressurized situation of, oh, I have to keep this journal and do it every day or say the right things. No, just a stream of consciousness. I find that it's most beneficial for me first thing in the morning. And having that practice has just really helped center me in the morning, just get rid of some of these things on my mind or doubts that I'm feeling, especially for those of us who are overthinkers. It's a simple practice, but it just does wonders. And lastly, number seven, practice visualization. This is something that I've made more of a priority in 2023, harnessing the power of that. And I think, why not use visualization for our creativity? Going back to what I said about treating our practices like athletes would, where we're going in to perform and make something from nothing. You are making something from nothing. So to have this idea of treating it like we're an athlete and we're going in, we're going to do our thing. Athletes employ visualization all the time. And I think it is a wonderful thing for creatives to employ as well. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, but I maybe my alarm didn't go off yet, or I just have a couple minutes that I can lay there. Again, it does not have to be some formalized 20 minute thing or anything that's a big deal, but I just might lay there and envision myself getting ready, walking into my studio, feeling so good, lighting a candle, sipping my tea, of course, and painting something beautiful. Maybe I'll envision the landscape that I want to paint that day. And I really envision myself like I'm there and I'm feeling the breeze and immersing myself in wildflower meadows. And often a lot of what I'm painting is coming from my mind and not necessarily from a place that I've been to. So having just that moment of visualizing and thinking about where I want to be and the wildflower meadows I want to walk through and then picturing myself taking that into the studio, it really does prime your body and your mind to just get in that zone and be able to get in that flow state. And it works It works so well for athletes. It's something that is a immensely powerful tool. So why not use it to our advantage as well as creatives and artists? I hope these seven ideas and seven tips have been helpful to you. These are simple things, just ways to raise that energy and preserve your energy so that you're not feeling zapped and drained And you can really just give the best of yourself to your practice and to the people around you that you love. I hope they were helpful. Please let me know. I would love to hear from you on Instagram what resonated the most with you. Send me a DM at Valerie McKeon. And as always, I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite quotes. That girl inside you, she needs some air. She needs some sunshine. She needs some moments that will make her smile again and believe in the magic of living. 
away from the noisy streets and people bouncing off each other. Nurture her every now and again. Slow your day down and have a dance together because she'll always be a part of you and forgetting what's inside us is why we stop believing in magic. SC Lori. Thank you so much again for joining me on another episode of the Dear Creative Soul podcast. I would love it if you enjoyed this to leave a review. Also, if you think this episode would be helpful to somebody, please share it and subscribe. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week. Bye.